0: Hello, my name is Bonnie Grace Gilday-Kennedy, and I'm the owner of Grace of Healing, where I serve as an Akashic Consultant and Healer. My intention for this podcast is to serve as an inspiration to you finding your own healing through self-love. Together, we will spend time exploring topics that lead us to a deeper understanding of what self-love is and what it looks like for each of us as individuals on our own journey. I am especially excited about interviewing inspiring guests who have created great feats of healing for themselves through their own acts of self-love. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of Self-Love with Grace of Healing. On our last episode, we spoke a little bit about how females began being sexualized at such a young age that they don't really have the cognitive capacity to understand what's happening to them. And the experience that I shared and my guest Mary Beth Bradbury had shared was this internalization of those experiences showing up for us as shame. And so I really wanted to talk about that today. Um, I've got an amazing guest. Her name is Jamie Brazel, and Jamie is an AASECT certified sex therapist and a supervisor of other therapists who want to become sex therapists. She also owns and operates a group psychotherapy practice in Asheville, North Carolina, called Out of the Woods Therapy. She's an adjunct professor at Converse University's Marriage and Family Therapy Program, and she is a mother. Welcome, Jamie.
1: Hi. It's great to be with you.
0: I'm so happy that you're here with me this morning. I've been been thinking about... um, wow, how, how will we begin this conversation around shame and female sexuality and shame? And I think you're the perfect person for me to tell this, the, the two things I want to tell you. The first thing is the first time that I was intentionally shamed by a male was when I was a teenager and I wouldn't have sex with him. He called me a whore. Oh yes. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm familiar with that one.
0: <laughs> um, I wonder
1: if yours, um, you know, accused you of of giving him blue balls too. Yes, is that' a part of. <laughs> it's um, yeah. Wow. I'm I'm of course terribly sorry that that happened to you, but also, yeah. Sadly, that is that's a really common experience it's
0: horrible. Yes. And so that's the thing, the commonality of this. So that's the other reason that I really want to talk to you about this is because, you know, I do Akashic work with, with people and many times I'm working through trauma with people and sexual trauma. And what I have learned with my clients is that this whole thing around shame and sexuality is not for just about females who have been sexually abused, like across the board, women talk about feeling ashamed surrounding their sexuality or being shamed around their sexuality. And so it. I've come to realize that this feeling of shame that I have had around my sexuality may just be part of me being, you know, a part of society in our culture as well as being a victim of child sexual abuse, but it isn't only from being mm-hmm. a victim of child sexual abuse.
1: Yeah, that that definitely makes a lot of sense because um, I've certainly um, met with, oh gosh, numerous women who did not identify as survivors, right, of, of sexual abuse or assault. But yet still grappled with a ton of shame around their sexuality, Um, you know, and it starts so early on, like you said, um, but just with the objectification of, of girls' bodies, right? Like, just object alone. Now, of course, when we get older, right, and we're at a consensual age and we are, like, allowed to develop naturally and excited about sex, right, sometimes... We want to be seen as an object by somebody in a consensual way right but also as a human simultaneously and it's so hard to like integrate the two for a lot of women right like because they had so much early objectification right um i tend to use the language um uh, like unwanted sexual experiences um when i'm talking with, um, with someone early on in getting to know them as, as a therapist, right, just like, I don't do like a formal assessment process, but it is like within the line of my questioning is, is you know, have you had any of these experiences? Because even if, you know, a, a woman has not been um, sexually abused per se, like a lot of us have had unwanted sexual experiences, and that very much leads to tons and tons of shame.
0: Right. And you know, one of the things surrounding that is this. I have heard many stories. I do not think that it is unusual for a female who does not want to have sex with a male to allow that to happen so because it's easier. Yeah. And when I, I've asked people what they meant by that and they have said, Well, um, you know, I was afraid of what would happen if if I went that far and then said no. So it's like it, it, they could either be in a position where this unwanted sexual experience is happening or in their minds it could go very quickly into being sexually assaulted in in that way they felt that they had some power in allowing it to happen. Yes, um, and
1: it, it, the, the consent, you know, like is, is often in a gray area,
0: right? right. Like, yes.
1: Um, because, and that's one of the biggest reasons, um, I've heard described before, um, I can't remember the original source, I'm sorry, but heard it described as like being on like some type of a cellular level that just instinctively most of the time, like a woman knows, even if she hadn't been, you know, um, victimized by violence. Um, but just that men can have this capacity to, to literally kill a woman. You know, like so you don't have to necessarily have had those direct experiences. You could have come from a loving loving household, you know, and like, yes. um and not have had those experiences before to to just kind of like go along. And I, I also agree with you that sometimes it is about just like feeling a sense that you are in control of the narrative too. Mhm. Right? Like it's I'm going to go along with this and and, you know, I do have to say that there are times when a person that just is in a, like, say you're in a, a relationship, right? Like, and, you know, you've you've had tons of sex with this person before, and maybe you're just, like, not in the mood, but your partner talks you into it. I mean, that there's a difference between that and feeling coerced. Oh, yes. Into, into doing something that you don't want to do. It's... But, but the language is often this thing. And, and a lot of times, you know, we're not using our words and sometimes we're not able to because if our nervous system is really highly activated, then the part of our brain that's controlling our ability to use language is turned off.
0: Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and the whole thing surrounding, um, you know, instinctually we try to survive, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. And yes. and the hyper-awareness surrounding what's happening and where our minds can go and the dissociative process and how it happens. I mean, there, there's, I cannot um, take a sexual experience that I've had or um, a, one that was not wanted, right? Or, or an assault. I cannot take all of the pieces that my mind is thinking about simultaneously in these experiences. But the one thing that I do know for sure is that there's this experience of wanting very, very badly, you know, wanting for sure to make it through the experience. Yeah. And so there's so much happening within us and outside of us at that time that, you know, a a lot of times for myself, that's where the silence would come. You know, the, the, yeah, that's where the silence would come. It would be that like nothing, nothing could come out of me that was going to be, I don't know, um, I, I guess it just wouldn't make sense. Nothing, you know, you just, there's no logic in it And when you're in yeah. that.
1: That's right. There, there's not. It is about survival, and and therefore, you know, it's it really robs us of of so much in those kinds of moments of, of being able to experience um, sex like for pleasure, mm-hmm. you know, yes. or or curiosity. There's a you know this concept that if we if we don't um, feel safe, then we can't get curious about ourselves and about other people and there's just not the space for that, um, I, I used to, I used to think that, you know, like, a state of arousal, like, sexual arousal, as, like, similarly to nervous system arousal, but actually, when, when your sympathetic nervous system is activated like that, it really does take away the ability to, to be able to relax, which, also robs people of the ability to orgasm, not that that should be the only goal for sex, you know, Right. but, but like, oh gosh, and then conversely, right, um, I don't know if you've ever read Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, um, if not, I recommend it, um, she is a fantastic sex educator. I actually always tell people to like watch some of her TED Talks before reading her book because she's a researcher and she's been trained as a sex educator and as a clinician, so her book can kind of get a little like geeking out rambly at times, but she's <laughs> such a fantastic speaker that when you get her voice in your head, it just makes it flow. But she has this part in her book that's this concept called non-concordance. And this concept really, um, you know, on one hand, it pissed me off, but on the other (laughs) hand, it kind of liberated me a little bit because non-concordance is basically like what's happening in your brain is not matched up with what's happening physiologically in the body. So, you know, we've been talking about the nervous system being really activated and sometimes going along with something, but like sometimes your body might start um, physiologically responding to the external stimulus that you don't want. Of course. So there's this myth around um, particularly, you know, female sexuality, like somebody with a vulva, right? Like, oh, like it's lubricating, she's wet, and so therefore she wants it. And that's not always
0: true right, right.
1: at all. And that, that concept is non-concordance. So, you know, at, at best, it can be a really frustrating experience. Because say you really want to have sex, like you're mentally in the game, but somehow your body's not cooperating. Yes. You know, that's frustrating. And then at worst, it can be really traumatizing because say you really don't want to have sex, but your body is is, is kind of presenting as if it does. And the body does that to protect ourselves. Right. Which is really interesting. You know, um, really interesting. And like for a lot of women, they don't know that. They don't know that information, and a lot of us who have been assaulted and then even experienced an orgasm during an assault, it's like, or maybe not an assault, maybe like what you're saying, you know, maybe it was you kind of like don't say anything at all, but you really didn't want it. You know, like there's that too, that's within the continuum of unwanted experiences. Right. Um, It can be really confusing. Like, wait, did I want to, and then that's shame inducing. Like, what is wrong with my body? What is wrong with me?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about this, and and, um, I've had to uh, do a lot of work around my own sexuality because one of the things that I always want to do is, is to feel safe in my own body. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to do a lot of work around my own sexuality and, um, you know, I I feel like I have a very healthy sexuality at this point in my life. Of course, I'm also 56 years old. So there's been a lot of time spent in this, you know, but... One of the things around this is—I um, mean, it's so complex, right? I'm, that's why I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> but so, so yes, there's the, the the anatomy and the physiology around our bodies and what happens, right? And what yeah. what we can and cannot control. There is the aspect of um, us. Being told what is sexy and what is not sexy for our lifetimes. And us responding to something that we think is sexy in one way, but then may also kind of make us feel like, oh, I don't really like being sexually attracted to that. Uh Right? So So there's that piece. Because you know there's a big thing around pursuing women, men pursuing women. If a woman says no, what she means is keep trying. Yeah. So there's this whole piece around women are like, well, I love it. I love it when men chase me. I love it when I know that a man wants me. Well, I mean, that that process can can be just this hyper this state of hypersexualization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's almost predatory mm-hmm. that has been really approved of in every form of media that we have.
1: The message is loud and clear. Yes. Yeah, this is what you're supposed to be. Yes. Yeah, it can be. It can be so confusing, right? Like on on a number of different levels. But you know, I would say that if you really, if you really feel like your body belongs to you.
0: <laughs> right right like, yes uh,
1: you know then then to me that's there's a there's liberation in that and that's wonderful and so if you are a woman and you really love sex and you you go for it and and say you love to be desired my question is like do you feel safe right right and if so then great but otherwise Right. Like, you know, it's interesting because, um, there tend to be a couple of different directions that a lot of us who have survived childhood sexual abuse go, right? We tend to go from one extreme to another. We're either we're going to completely repress and desexualize ourselves as much as we possibly can and, like, go, like, to great lengths to not be seen sexually. Or what you're talking about, like, the hypersexualization, it almost is, like, getting ahead of it. Like... Like, this is, I want to be accepted, and this is the only way that I'm going to be accepted, and I want to have some control over it. You know, but is there safety? Is there safety there? Right. In either of those places, like, generally speaking, no. It takes a really long time to be able to get to a place where you're like, I own this part of myself. I own my sexuality. My body might not always cooperate with me. That's true. Not in ways that I want it to, but I still own it. Nobody, No other being owns it.
0: Yes, well one of the things that has really come to the surface with myself and some other folks is sometimes that I own my body out of out of fear of allowing someone else to have control of your body and feeling like you may be making decisions around around sex and sexuality and And having sex can sometimes be acting out and perpetuating all of the same internal feelings and fears that you have that can keep you away from really feeling good and being safe in your body. Yeah. You know, that's why, that's why it's so complicated. It's like, where is... What You know, of course, it's something for everybody else. And, and I want everybody to own their own bodies and enjoy sex if they want to have sex. And if they don't want to have sex, I want that to be perfectly wonderful and great for them, too. Like, I want everybody, you know, consenting adults, right? Consenting adults, like, do whatever you want. I don't really believe that there's anything out there that's weird. If you like it and there's someone else that likes to do that with you, and you or, or you like to do this by yourself, I'm all for it. Yeah, right? Like own that. But like if it's perpetuating fear, if it's perpetuating this idea of what your value is, if that's the only part of yourself that you can see, then I feel mm-hmm. like that that is, you know, really unhealthy place to be.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really quite sad that there are a lot more opportunities um for us to Be unhealthy in our culture in in a lot of different ways not just you know sexually speaking but but i do think that just like getting back to the root of it all like we have we have a culture that is no stranger to shame it's it's like that is you know like so so ever-present in so many different ways and i i think that that's a huge part of the problem yes um well and yeah when whenever we make any decisions that are rooted in fear, yeah. you know it's not coming from our our wisest place it's coming from from desperation often mm-hmm. you know um, and then that can be tricky too, because like you know I want to say to people out there who might right like be like well that's that's me, it's like well that's it's not your fault right. you know, like none of it is and you know, like the only way, um, so says like the shame researcher Brene Brown, which all the therapists, I'm going to be a cliche right now and quote Brene Brown because she's like the biggest shame researcher, but she says that, you know, shame cannot survive empathy. So being able to shine a light on these things and Do what you're doing right now and have these conversations and be open about it. Like, we all need a re sex education in this culture. Everybody. Well, you know, like,
0: (laughs) I think that what we, I think that one of the things that we need to know and understand is using shame is a total power play. Like, it is a, understanding how shame is utilized against women. You know, to perpetuate the imbalance of power between males and females, and for the continuation of patriarchal oppression in our society is real. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a a huge tool, yes,
1: for that purpose. I agree. Do We get these messages very, very, very early on. Um, and a lot of times, sure, it's like a man shaming you directly, right? Like, you won't give me sex, so you're a whore. Um, or we get it from our mothers. Like, don't sit like that. Sit like a lady. I used to get that all the time because I was like, the I, I loved wearing dresses and climbing trees and with that kid, you know, a lot, yes. like I loved, you know, like femming it up, so to speak, and wearing my dresses, but just getting dirty and <laughs> like, didn't care, and You know, but we're taught like that we have to perform in a certain way so early on. Um, And what's so sad to me is that it's not much has changed. Right.
0: Right. um, No, yes, Jamie, that's why we're talking today. Because (laughs) I am looking back at 50 years ago and realizing that things are not different now than they were 50 years ago. And I have a real desire to create whatever change I can while I'm here and for the people around me who are empowering themselves with truth, right? Like I want us to have permission to speak the truth about our lives, all parts of our lives. I just don't feel like that empowerment can happen if we have to separate our truth the truth of who we are in all aspects, including our sexuality. Like it's all how we respond to ourselves is with whatever love we can experience for ourselves. Our sexuality and spirituality are so closely tied. I mean, how many people have what they believe, from a spiritual standpoint, affect their sex life? Mm-hmm. I mean like there's no part of us there's no rock in my opinion that needs to go unturned for any of us
1: yeah yeah it, I'm thinking now you know when when talking about um the, like the spiritual uh component of, of sexuality how just like a lot of things there there's just seems to be this like polarization right um and you see that with like religion like you know particularly right that aspect of spirituality where Mm -hmm. it's just like really rigid at times right right? like oh oh, okay does your religion subscribe to the god is love or god is a patriarchal right controlling dad figure like which god is hate god is love you know right yeah i've seen some really interesting you know, people who are very spiritually open who are just like, yeah, sex is a part of the divine. Yes. I'm like, yeah, right on, you know? Um, but I've also seen people try to use religion as a way to enforce these like really super rigid, well, again, rigid, like there's that saying in mental health where we try to stay away from rigidity or chaos, right? We want to get somewhere in the middle.
0: Please, please. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like it's. But if if you see that sex and sexuality that these are are normal parts of of the experience on Earth, and and that there is nothing to be ashamed of, right? Like in terms of your own personal expression of that, especially when you're operating ethically. Right, yes. and I don't know. I mean, self love and and self like masturbation, right? Like, for a lot of folks, that is a deeply spiritual experience. Yes, and how amazing is that? That's something that particularly gets robbed from girls. Like, you know, the message is sent loud and clear to a lot of girls that they're not allowed to touch themselves. Like, what, yeah, <laughs> why.
0: Right, because we're never supposed to experience desire because we're only here to serve the needs of the male's Mm -hmm. desire, right? So why would we want to experience pleasure? That's not why we're here. We're here to make sure that somebody else has desire and then experiences pleasure based in their own desire. Mm
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like a good deal to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my idea around sexuality and spirituality is this because of my belief is a um, a knowing, a understanding, an experiencing higher consciousness is this beautiful energy that exists in everything that exists. That means that higher consciousness. There's an interplay in every part of me including my sexuality. Right? Mm-hmm. So, in order for me to be 100% in tune with myself, I have to be open and experience sexuality in whatever it is that that represents for me, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's with myself or with with whoever that is with other people, right? Yeah. If I just don't feel like we can be a hundred percent alive and have parts of ourselves that we can't experience by choice right yeah that makes a lot of sense I sometimes say well I don't understand why but what I really mean is I cannot fathom mm-hmm. the experiences that we are having on this planet around sex and sexuality as females Mhm in the way that... yeah
1: it, it like it's it's about right like I I hear I'm hearing you say like I cannot accept this right so, like this is um this is completely unacceptable <laughs> you know?
0: it like, is to me
1: I, I, that's how I feel too yeah
0: so mm-hmm. so Jamie what are people gonna do mm-hmm. tell them tell us tell us what we can do to help ourselves
1: I mean I can yeah, that's, oh gosh, right? Like, it's it's funny when the, that question gets turned on me. I'm like, wait a minute, don't, didn't I tell you I'm a therapist? I'm not supposed to tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that sharing, you know, like this is one thing I appreciate about you is your willingness to go vulnerable and share your own Story, right? Um, and I, I really relate with that. And, you know, even with my clients, I will share certain parts of my own journey if, if they're relevant and yes. if there are things that I've already processed, right? Like, that's the general rule because it also shows, like, I'm on this journey too. I haven't had it all figured out. I took out a shit ton of student loan debt. Like, I usually win the room, like, you know, with a <laughs> like 260,000 or whatever like for a set. right like I don't ever want anybody to do what I did necessarily um but you know like I do think that there there's a lot of, of value to our personal narratives and I'm always happy to share like well like these are some of the things that I have done right to to combat the shame. Um, For one thing, it's, you know, it always comes down to like identifying, like that's another part of our culture that um, we've, we have to do a lot of undoing um we we we're like at a deficit with emotional intelligence so any kind of personal work that we can do to really like define and understand what our feelings are where they're coming from um any kind of work that can be done to um, start to bring the parasympathetic nervous system alive can be really helpful um you know, there's that cliche that knowledge is power, and I, I do think that that's a, a good starting place. Is um, is is like I, I mentioned, like giving yourself a sex re-education. There are tons and tons of really great books and podcasts out there. Um, I, I'm a therapist, but I don't think that therapy is the end all be all to everything.
0: Big surprise there. But um, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that that's a big surprise. I don't. I th- I feel that, um, you know, all of us have, for each of us who are out here trying to provide guidance and support and unconditional space for people to to fully be who they are and explore all the parts of themselves. I think that we all have pieces that we can offer. I don't think that anybody has all of the answers and I really appreciate you saying that you know that you yes you can provide what you can provide but there are many resources out there for people.
1: Yeah, we're we are sociable creatures. Right. Even my my friends the the introverts right <laughs> we are all still, we're all still human we're all still social creatures we're emotional creatures we're meaning making creatures and we need each other and so to me what therapy provides at best is an opportunity for a secure attachment to form plain and simple and I can be like a reflection to somebody you know and, and they're the expert on themselves great but like, it's, like you said Like, not, there's not one guru out there that has all of your answers. So, you know, like, with exploring the self, right, like, giving yourself permission. What I learned in my grad school program for the, I got a master's in human sexuality, um, was that there are, like, three underlying questions that people have when they're asking questions about sex and sexuality. And it's it's like, you know, it, it all comes down to, you know, asking for permission um, and then, like, asking if, if what they want to do is normal and asking if it's okay. Like, is this okay? Am I okay? And is that okay? <laughs> like, right. It's pretty basic. But yeah, I just, I think that, you know, we all need multiple secure attachments in life, so I do recommend that people have an understanding of their attachment styles and, and learn about those things and take some time to listen to some really, like, great podcasts of some sex educators. Um, there is a fantastic sex toy store in Asheville that I love. Are, are you familiar with Baba Boom? Yes. I love them they're great and they just opened up a second location at West Asheville too and they have an online shop but it's great that you can go in there and everybody who works there is pretty knowledgeable and you can see things and you can hold them and you can try them but I do think that like the self-exploration on various levels right yes like is is worth it right I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place but that's kind of how my brain works Um, you know, I'm also one for, like, recommending a whole bunch of books and stuff like that. I just, that's me. And if that's you, great. And if books aren't are too much, Audible, Audible books, podcasts, you know, getting the information, right? And then finding other people who have the willingness to engage in these kinds of conversations. Right. Right? Um. A friend of mine hosts an event called Vino and Vulva's in Asheville, Um, and that's basically like sex ed in a bar, Um, and she kind of got, um, you know, like, uh, delayed from the pandemic, but has, like, did three of them this year, but, like, if you can find something like that in your area where people are doing really cool things about, like, openly talking about sex and sexuality... Um, and those things those were um, panel discussions so the audience participation what it's not like a sacred safe space or something like that it's just an educational event like education is, is powerful and there's a lot missing from our standard education so we have to find it on our own.
0: My first thought about this is for people to, as they're listening to this, to be aware of what's happening in their body. Like, are they uncomfortable? What are they uncomfortable, uncomfortable about? Like what has been said or what are they thinking about or what does it bring up? Like to start being present with oneself to understand like where some places are that might need some attention.
1: Yeah, that's very wise. Yes, you know. And and write it out. Write it out. Actually, yeah. there's a lot to be said for writing down our feelings and getting them out. And then if you don't want them ever seen, you can destroy
0: them immediately. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, this is an area that has such a, you know, a broad effect on women specifically that I just feel like there's so much. And I don't know what the next conversation is, or, you know, I just am so grateful that you chose to be here with me today and to do this.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm really grateful that you reached out. It's been lovely getting to know you and thank you. I'm really truly honored.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I know that the folks listening to this podcast are really going to appreciate you and your perspective, Jamie. Thank you. Hmm. now listen where do you want people to find you is there someplace they can find you online if they'd like to talk with you or have you come speak or do anything interesting that you might want to do with them
1: well i uh i could be reached best by email um and you can either email me directly which is jamie j-a-m-i-e at Outofthewoodstherapy.com, or you know, um, you can just go to the website and then um, through my profile, there's a, a there's a button to click to, to email me for right there, and the website is Outofthewoodstherapy.com. Um, I tend to keep myself pretty busy, and I've taken on some additional roles in the past couple of years. It's it's interesting that my um, solution to burnout was to add more roles on, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but they all sort of like um, make sense, mm-hmm. and I feel like my life is in a, a place of balance right now. So um, yeah, I I have a, a group practice and. Um, when I can't take new clients, which is, is often, um, right. I I have associates that work under me now, um, who typically will I'll have like at least one or two therapists who have openings. So that's that's good knowledge
0: to know too. But um, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yes. Well, awesome. Well, thank you. For more information on self love. The Akashic Masters or this podcast. You can go to www.graceofhealingnc.com. Audio and music production is by Linda Go. To connect with her, you can go to kamalacove.org.